In this episode, I talk to Jeff Johnson as he shares his journey of 28 years of drug addiction. You're listening to the Anchor of Hope Recovery Podcast, the show that brings you Christ-centered recovery advice, inspiring testimonies from people who are winning the battle with addiction, and encouragement for your journey. Now, here's your host, Justin Franich. Hey, everybody, it's Justin Franich here with Anchor of Hope Recovery Podcast, and I want to thank you so much for tuning in on this newest episode. And um, again, our whole purpose with this podcast is to inspire hope and encourage those of you who may be struggling with an addiction that there is lifelong transformation possible. And we believe that that anchor of hope is a relationship with Jesus Christ. The Bible says that hope is the anchor for our soul. And as long as we anchor our lives to Christ and we, we stay in him, we rest in him, we find lifelong freedom from addiction. And so today I'm excited to bring you another anchor conversation. This is our fourth anchor conversation. And um, I'm really enjoying these conversations so far with people that are out, um, you know, that are out in the real world and they're doing life after addiction. Addiction is a part of their past. It's not who they are anymore. And so it excites me to continue to bring these guests on here so they can inspire you and encourage you as you uh, find your way to freedom or you continue to walk in your freedom. And tonight I've got Jeff Johnson with me. Um, you know, Jeff is a is a guy that I met several years ago while I was serving in Team Challenge. Uh, he reached out to us. He was traveling around, um, you know, wanting to come and minister um, at, at the Teen Challenge Chapel service. And I was excited to have him out because he he came out and shared his story with his wife Connie, and uh, they were really able to impact the students there at Teen Challenge on a heart level. And it, it was a phenomenal time. And so I'm excited to have Jeff on here with us tonight, and he's going to share some of his story. Hey, Jeff, how are you? Man, I'm doing good. Thank you. Yeah, fantastic. Well, thanks for being on the show. And, um, you know, before we jump into your story and all that, um, you know, why don't you just tell people a little bit about yourself and uh, and then we'll go from there. Well, Justin, um, man, today I'm, I'm 52 years old at this point in my life. It's not my birthday, but I'm 52 years old. Um, I spent... 28 years um, as a drug addict and a criminal in and out of prison and just all, all the stuff that comes with addiction, you know, um, um, as far as drug of choice goes, I, I wouldn't say that I had one. I would use whatever, whatever I could get my hands on, anything that would change me. And, and it just progressively got worse as it always does. And by the end of my addiction in, in 2013, man, I was just so broken and uh, I cried out to God and there's a huge cool story that goes with it but the truth of the matter is man I, I i turned away i finally was willing to turn away and go through withdrawals and and go in a different direction and and it was in that 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 the lord met me i was i, I, I the, the highlight of my whole life was was the ninth day of my withdrawals man i was going through the worst withdrawals ever and i was just watching actually it was a televangelist on tv and through through a course of events over that week, um, it just led up to this crescendo when the Lord Himself came into my living room and He touched me, Justin, and 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 it affected me in such a way I haven't been the same since. Now, of course, I went into Teen Challenge a few days after that, where I would spend the next year um, just totally surrendered and just just really um, 
seeking everything that God had for me and, and God would just fast track a lot of things in my life, uh, spiritual lessons, just things like that to get me to a plan. I had no idea what, the, what God's plan was. My plan was just to learn to live without getting high and go back to, to the working world as a welder. That's what I did for, for years. But, but God, God, uh, man, he just did so much in that year that I decided to stay on and serve there for a little while, which ended up turning into a few years, um, serving at the teen challenge where I gained freedom. Uh, and I served alongside my wife. She served there as well. Um, and then, uh, about three years ago, man, God just really began to stir our spirits to leave teen challenge, leave the comfort of a, of a secure a job and house and everything, and just, um, go on the road and, and minister at, uh, places like teen challenge, other recovery centers, just to, just to be the living witness that, um, there is a there is a freedom that can be found. There is a day to day victory that a man or a woman who struggles with addiction can walk in. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, the key for me, and I believe the key for everyone, is the same. It's it's to sell completely out to Jesus. It's to 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 completely turn from the direction you're going and go in a totally different direction. You know, not just reading the Bible, but reading it and believing it in such a way that you. Your desire is to live that way. And um, I've been walking in day-to-day victory for over seven years now. Wow, and, that's incredible. And and, um, and and listen, dude, it's not like I don't have struggles. It's not like things don't go wrong. Um, and maybe early on in my walk when things went wrong, I would, I would, you know, default back to the idea that maybe I wanted to medicate. But, dude, I tell you a truth today, seven years out, that's not even part of the equation anymore. Yeah. And I know that a lot of people who are just, just on the, on the, on the coming outside of addiction, man, don't think that that's ever a possibility, but I tell you the truth, Justin, for me, and I'm sure for you, it's the same thing. Drugs and and alcohol and and medicating per se, it it can become a non-issue. It can become not even part of the equation when you walk with the Lord long enough. It's like you have this new thing to lean on. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, I think at the beginning, you know, it was fear that motivated me on that. I was afraid that if I relapsed, I wasn't going to come through it. But I think as I moved, as I moved further and further down the road into my walk with Jesus, it wasn't really the fear of failing or the fear of relapsing that drove me anymore. It was my love for Jesus and my, and my love for his calling and my love yes. for what he had done in my life that was a much greater motivator to keep me clean. Um, now let's rewind a little bit in your story. You said. Say it again, brother. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Yes. So if we go back on 28 years ago, when you, uh, when you first started using, you know, what kind of, what, what transpired? How did, how did you become, how did you become an addict? Well, Man, uh, personally, dude, I used to always think that, you know, in my even when I was in my addiction, of course, my thinker wasn't very good, but people would say things like their childhood and things that they went through in their childhood, you know, triggers addiction. And I used to always say, well, once you're an adult, you know, that that's not the case. You know, that's a cop out to say that. But, you know, the longer I go along, the more I recognize and realize that the truth is that it does have an effect. What we go through as a child or even as a young teenager or something, 
those are the things that I believe drove me because my, here, here's the deal. Me and my father, my, my earthly father, man, we never got along. Um, I had one brother and, um, I always felt like he liked my brother better than me. You know, if there's such a thing as favoritism, but me and my father were always at odds. And, and, and I believe it was because, um, I don't know. I, I don't want to say he ever physically abused us because he didn't. And, and I think that's because my father was physically abused terrible when he was when he was young by his own father. And so I believe now looking back, I, I know the Lord has showed me that my dad, although he may not have known how to love, he, he knew what not to do. And some things that he didn't do, uh, praise God. But but there was other things like the way that he would talk to me. He would yeah. call me stupid. He would say, you know, you'll never amount to anything. And so um Man, dude, my desire was to get out of the house as quick as I can. And so as soon as I graduated high school, you know, within a few months, I was in boot camp in the Navy at 17, okay. uh, you know, and, um, and and truthfully, my addiction had already started. I'd been smoking grass and, and smoking weed and, and uh, you know, drinking and, and, and things like that. But of course, in the 1980s, uh, drugs were a lot different than they are today, yeah. you know, heroin and cocaine and all that stuff wasn't so prevalent in, in rural communities like where I grew up. But once I joined the Navy and ended up in San Diego, California, it was just a matter of time before, you know, I always say the turning point in my life was I was probably 19 or 20 and a guy on the Navy ship chopped out a line of methamphetamine mm -hmm. on a book. And I'd never seen this before, you know, and, um, and I sniffed that line that day and, and looking back, that was that turning point. That was that, that, that time when I took a turn and I went into the wilderness yeah. as, as Moses, you know, spoke about the children of Israel. You know, I, I always go to Deuteronomy uh, in my own life. I think about that and going around that mountain. For, yeah. uh, Moses said many days, but truly it was a period of years, you know? <laughs> right. but it was that, Dude, it was that turning. Point. It was. That, that it was definitely. It was. It was definitely many days on meth, right? Come on, <laughs> yeah. come on. Yeah, that that, that, that stuff, man. That stuff that will just, put its hooks in you so quick. Yeah. And um, like I, you know, that was my that was my drug of choice, if you will. Like I, you know, and that stuff, man. When I first experienced it, it just, you know, all the, you know, and you spoke about the trauma and some of the the self worth and trying to find that, and yeah, and and drugs almost solving that immediately, you know even though there was long-term pain associated with it, you know, there was definitely almost um, an immediate acceptance from the drug world. And so as we deal with trauma, I mean, a, a trauma is definitely one of the root causes, if not the root cause of addiction, because um, we all go through something that we need to self-medicate for. And so, yeah. So you said it was meth was the turning point for you. Yeah. And, 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 and truly Justin, Throughout my drug use, methamphetamine was probably my go-to. I mean, I probably always had meth and always had weed. Now, you know, um, as time progressed, you you know, I don't know if it was like this for you, but addicts tend to, um, I don't know, I think people in general tend to draw these proverbial lines in the sand uh, uh, of like limits, you know, well, I'll do this, but I'll never do that, Yeah. you know. I'll sniff it, but I'll never smoke it. And then, you know, pretty soon it's like, okay, give me the pipe, but I'll never use needles and I'll never do this. And I'll never do that. I'll never do heroin. And, 
And, you know, pretty soon, you know, when you go along with addiction, and I always tell people this when I minister, you know, you can say what you want, but it will continue to drag you down deeper and deeper than you ever wanted to go. And that, that was kind of the story of my life, man. You know, I, I did ungodly things that I swore that I'd never do or never even thought that I would do, you know. Um, so, but, so let's fast forward 28 years. Um, you, you shared a little bit earlier about your, your conversion experience, but um, uh, describe your rock bottom. What um, did you have a bottom? I know some people, they have a rock bottom. Some people, you know, just their rock bottom is when they decide that they want to live differently. Um, but what was, what was your, what was your defining moment? What, what was going on in your life those final days um, prior to you, you know, hearing that televangelist and uh, making the decision to change your life? Well, to be honest with you, bro, I had rock bottoms all throughout that time, you know, being in and out of jail and prison and being homeless. And, um, you know, I had been married. Connie is my my third wife and the other two wives, you know, I, I lost a daughter along the way. And I'm, I'm, I'm still prayerful that I'll see her, dude. I mean, I had so many rock bottoms, but, um, you know, and, and let me just. Let me just drop back a little bit. Um, I had some terrible accidents along the way, too, where, with broken bones, a broken neck, broken back, all kinds of things like that. In 1999 was a turning point in my addiction. Um, I fell 40 feet off of a roof of a building that I was welding on and, and working on, and um, I broke my back, and I, I, I spent uh, over a month in traction in a hospital and then spent the next year learning how to walk. And, and it was that, that place was a turning point in my addiction because I got the hooks of pharmaceutical medicine got into me. And so not only now was I doing illegal drugs, but now I had a license to get prescription drugs and, you know, being a veteran from the Navy, the, the Navy would, the, the VA would mail me pills. Plus I would get them from a, a local doctor and I would buy them from everybody. So you see where my, my addiction shifted. And, and now a few years later, 2005, Connie comes back into my life, her and my son. And uh, man, dude, that's a whole long story in itself. Connie, Connie and me have known each other for probably 30 years now. We have a 26-year-old son together, and I would meet him for the first time in 2005 because when she got pregnant, I skied off, man, and I would just spend the next... 10 years just in and out of jail and it was just a terrible thing and so you can see dude over this 28 years my life was a mess and not only that other people's lives that were involved with me were a mess but in 2005 they would come out from california to texas to 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 for me to meet joshua and um and it was 2005 was also the last time i got out of uh prison in texas i got out of a texas state jail that i'd been in for, for two years. And I had vowed that I would never go back to prison. I vowed that I would never, you know, do drugs again. And the truth is, if you've ever been there, um, coming out of jail or coming out of a situation like that, and you make those vows, man, the truth is, dude, you meant it. I meant it. I had the best of intentions, Justin, yeah. but, but intentions were never enough to keep me, you know? And so our, in 2005, Connie and I, our relationship would get put back together. We ended up getting married in December of that year. Um, and I would just drag them through addiction for the next eight years of my life. And so, 
So fast forward to the question that you asked. So our son graduates high school um, and then he goes to college. And I think that was around 2012, 2011, I think. Well, 2012, I would have another terrible car accident where I broke my neck and uh, I had to have neck surgery. And uh, they just, man, instead of now, it was just pain pills. It was pain patches. And it was just, it just got worse and worse. And the truth is, dude, my spirit, my, my rock bottom wasn't being homeless. It wasn't being, you know, in a penitentiary or, or being all alone or anything like that. Mine was when my wife got so tired of the compromise in our home because my wife she never knew addiction from the addict standpoint she knew it from the loved one standpoint yeah and so she would come home from work and see her house that has on the wall when you walk in it says as for me and my house we will serve the lord she could walk into the house and see that on the wall and then look over to my recliner and see me you know most days just drooling i was so out of it nodding out and so messed up on whiskey and, and, and pills and whatever I had at the time. And, um, anyways, long story short, she kicked me out of the house. Um, she found a a little one bedroom apartment for me. Um, and I, I, I left, I left our home and I stayed over there and I was there for about two weeks and, uh, and God would just get me to this, this, I don't, I can't explain it, man. I was just spiritually bankrupt, bro. I was just so broken. Mm. Uh, and, and God not only, not only broke my spirit, but no matter how many pills I took, how much weed I smoked, how much whiskey I drank, dude, I could, during that period of time, I could not feel it. I couldn't get high. I couldn't feel it. I, all I just felt was this wretched emptiness. And uh-huh. I cried out to the Lord. Um, I cried out to God. I just, I, and my prayer was, Justin, it wasn't like some, oh, God, if you do this, I'll do that. It was just, oh, God, please help yeah. me. Help me, you know. And I remember picking up the phone and calling my wife and, and just telling her, you know, babe, I'm done. And, uh, you know, that's common language for a drug addict. I promise I'll never do it anymore. <laughs> right. I'll come home, you know, this and that. And and I would find out later, Justin, that that, and there's a little more to it. I, uh, I had ran out of all pills and all, all opiates and I knew I was going to get sick. And so I went to the doctor and I begged the doctor for, to give me my prescription early, you know, and reluctantly she did it. And she gave me a, I, I think when, when she filled it, it was like 240 Percocets. And on the day that I got those pills, Justin, my wife, um, I would find this out later cause we weren't talking. She began a fast. She began fasting for the Lord. For, for a release of our marriage. It wasn't, she wasn't fasting for her husband. She wanted, honestly, dude, she wanted a release from the marriage. She was just so tired, uh-huh. um, but she knew what the Lord said about marriage. And so seven days to the day that I got that prescription and the day that she started that fast was the day that I would look at that pill bottle and there was only four pills in it. And that was when I cried out to God. One, my flesh, I knew I was getting ready to get sick, but there was something else going on in my spirit. And I just didn't want to be that way anymore. Yeah. And so when I, when I prayed that prayer and it was just something like, God help me. Um, I believe that things just began to move around. God began to move things in the spiritual realm. God, uh, that, that, uh, Justin, that man, they're still coming to pass today. Wow. Um, it wasn't about a, a, a 
a bunch of words or a bunch of empty promises. It was that heart, that contrite heart, that brokenness, that real deal, repentant cry to God. And so when I called her and, and told her, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I don't know what to do next. Um, she told me to come home and we were going to figure some things out and, and, uh, and uh, yeah, and so I started the withdrawal process right after that. Yeah. And like nine days later, um, through a course of events, man, God would just come into my living room, man, and, and deliver me. I mean, completely deliver me, Justin. I didn't smoke a cigarette after that. I never wanted another drug, another drink, yeah. or, or anything like that. Now, I'm, like I said, I'm not saying that when things would happen through the course of my year at Teen Challenge, I wouldn't, you know want to default to there but I, I never went back I yeah never went back. and the longer i go with the lord you know the um the more it, it's like driving away from something you know pretty soon you can't see it anymore yeah that's powerful i you know you shared about how on you know the rock bottom for you was you know really just seeing your relationship and your marriage you know almost ready to be over and yes and right as right as she's praying and fasting you know that's when that's when god really really began to speak to you and challenge you to change your life and i also like how you mentioned that there was rock bottoms along the way and you know i think i think a lot of us have those experiences along the way we have these crises in our lives you know you mentioned your several accidents and and i've got some of my own stories of where you know god was trying to get my attention Yes. And yet I continue to turn his voice down and ignore him. And unfortunately, after those type of moments, things tend to get worse. Come and, on. <laughs> and, um, and of course, you know, that that was true in my life and as, as it was in your story. And so, you know, that, you know, for a lot of those of us list, those listening tonight or today or whatever time of the day it is that you're happening to be listening to this podcast, you know, any moment is a good moment to change your life. If if the house is on fire, you know, you, you stop acting like you're not sm smelling the smoke and yeah. start doing something about it. And, you know, I got to talk to Pastor Don Wilkerson last week on the show. And, you know, he mentioned that, you know, you, you got to if you're in a relapse or you're in the middle of one of these rock bottom situations, do anything you can. You know, maybe you don't have any relationships left. Maybe all of your families cut you off. Walk into a local church, you know, go anywhere possible to try to reach out to somebody because there is opportunity for you to get help. Um, you just got to be willing to listen and take that first first step. And that's right. And so now now, Jeff, you guys have your stories evolved. Right. And I, I love that because the testimony continues to grow as we as we are in Christ more and more. And so you've gone from this place of, you know, bound and addicted you've had this transformation you talked about serving in teen challenge for a little bit and you know, i think the audience most of the audience that's going to turn tune in is familiar with what teen challenge is but afterwards you said god prompted you to go on the road and con yeah. continue to share your testimony with other people um tell us a little bit about in his grip ministries and um you know what what god's doing in you and connie and how, what he's using you to do in these places that you're going to minister. Yeah. Um, now, listen, man, now that's that's the crazy part with God. Um, sometimes God will. Well, God will always stretch us. I, I think it's it, I think he always wants to take us from glory to glory. And 
and and I mean the word of God says that from faith to faith and glory to glory, you know, and he always wants to 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 for us to reach our 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 reach beyond our human limitations in trust and faith, you know, and so yeah, man, I was both of us were serving at Azel Adult and Teen Challenge in Azel, Texas, the place where I got you know, a lot of healing, a lot of spiritual lessons and things. And both of our, our, our departments were thriving. We had Brent, we were living in brand new staff housing and everything seemed to be going really well. And, but, but God just kept stirring my spirit, you know, that he'd called me to preach and he wanted me to be an evangelist. He wanted me to answer this call to evangelism, Justin. And, and so I finally said yes. And, and truly, I mean, I don't know if this happens to you, but my head just kind of swelled up and I could picture myself in, in, uh, you know, great big churches and revivals and, <laughs> right. you know, big, 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 all this great grand things, you know, and then the Lord just, he really, he just kind of calmed me down. He said, son, you know, th- those things are great. Those things are important. He said, but the work I have for you is just as important. He says, I want you to go uh, to places where men and women are like you were, you know, and, and I want you to preach. I want you to testify. He said, but truly, son, what I want you and Connie to do is, is stand in front of them and just be the evidence mm. that a 28-year uh, drug addiction can be broken in a moment, that, that, a, that a wrecked relationship, that a marriage that was destined for divorce can be restored. You know, um, just go and be a, an encourager and, and be a a father and a mother and just love on these men and women and, and just bring encouragement to them in these places. And I don't know, man, my, you know, we always try to reason things out. My first question to the Lord was, okay, God, well, who's, you know, who's going to foot the bill for this? Who's going to pay for this? How are we going to do this? Because I served at teen challenge. I know that ministries like this run on lean budgets and, and, and they don't pay ministers and, and the Lord, I mean, Dude, it was almost like he spoke to me. He said, son, I will not be made to look foolish. If I call you to something, I'll take care of it. Mm. And so we stepped out in faith. We put in our resignation. And, you know, it was a, it was a, even our director, you know, he, I love Pastor Greg. I love serving under Pastor Greg and Pastor Dave both, you know, there. Um, But he knew that it was the right thing. And he gave us his blessing and, and sent us out. And, and it was tough at first, man. I started trying to call people and, you know, and, and thinking that it was going to be easy. And, and, it, and it wasn't easy at first, but then all of a sudden we started getting calls and, and God just started prompting people. And, and now, man, our schedule is, is really packed. And we have people that, that support what we're doing, you know, and, and yeah. it's amazing how God brings it all together. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's still not always easy. Sometimes we worry, but the longer that I've learned this, the longer that you walk this walk of faith, the more faith it builds, um, because truly, truly God is, if, if he calls, he will equip and he will prompt people to, to, to do, you know, God uses people, you know? And so, yeah, and how, so we've and been how. doing it since. We've been doing it since the fall of, since October of 2017. Yeah. And um, how, how amazing that now like this restored relationship, I mean, you, you go, she goes from this place of, you know, ready to kick you out and in the marriage. And now you guys are, 
not only life partners and partners in marriage, but your partners in this ministry that God's using you to do. And, and that speaks so much to just how beautiful it is when the Lord really restores something yes. and how, right. how amazing it is when he, he can really take something that was dying and broken and breathe brand new life into it. And, and then our, our testimonies become a tool, right. That God uses to give him, sure. to give him glory. And, I think that's an incredible thing. I mean, I remember when, when you and Connie came out and, you know, you both shared your side of the experience. And, you know, the reality is that the the family suffers just as much. And that's a topic for another conversation. And hopefully we can get Connie on here one day and she can share yeah. share her experiences from the family side of it. Because I know her um, her testimony would resonate with a lot of people. Um yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, just just let me just touch on something that the Holy Spirit just brought to my mind about Connie and Connie's side of it. Now, now, when I was when I was going through those withdrawals, we we had like uh, just a handful of pills and and we were trying to to wean me. You know, we started that way. Um, and for her to see me throwing up and sick and have those pills in her hand, she'll she'll say that. You know, that's one of the hardest things to do. And that's where so many people fail because they see, you know, they have the relief in their hands and they, a lot of times, you know, drug addicts, dude, we can talk our people into doing things that they know better, you know? So, you know, the hardest thing for her was just to stand firm and just to trust God and, and, and to, 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 because, you know, like I was talking about how we as drug addicts draw proverbial lines you know, our people do the same thing. And then they, they scratch the lines out, yeah. you know, they compromise and things. And so, yeah. And and I wanted to say something, you know, about, about something you said a few minutes ago, how God, he turns everything that was one way and he uses it for his good. You know, as I told you, I had broken my back and I spent 15 years in pain. I even went into teen challenge in pain and it would be during that year at Teen Challenge in a church service that God would touch me in my body and heal me mm. and in my back. And, and what's funny about that, Justin, is for years I couldn't ride in a car very long without having help to get out. Yeah. And so now God has put me in a car. We, we drive thousands of miles a month, <laughs> Yeah. you know, and not only that, Connie and I couldn't stand to be around each other during our marriage. <laughs> right. It, and now we're just like we're never apart. Yeah. We're always together. Yeah, I hope y'all got. We're either oh. we're either together in our home. We're together at, at a ministry, loving on people, or we're in the car for hours on end. Yeah. I was gonna God, say. Just, I was gonna say. I hope y'all got that worked out as much time as you spend in the car together. <laughs> oh, brother, it, it, I can't. I can't even. It blows my mind. Justin, the grace that the Lord has given us to be able to drive and and to be able to be around each other. We just. I'm telling you the truth, man. We have a good time. Yeah. We love each other. We like each other, you know, and it's, it's, it's amazing what God is able to do when, when, when we just get in his grip. I mean, that's what I call our ministry in his grip because dude, we have got in the grip of something that's so amazing and so spectacular that our heart is that we could go around and, 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 and talk others into it. I mean, I, I guess that's what evangelism is, right? Yeah. Talking people into getting in the grip of God's grace. Because, man, once you do, you'll lose your grip on the things that used to grip you. And those things will lose their grip on you, yeah. you know? And 
and you know, for the drug addict, they can relate to that because dude, we've been gripped. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I was going to ask you for some closing thoughts, but I think, I think that last, those last few lines that you just gave, I mean, that just hit the nail on the head. You know, when we get in the grip of Jesus, the things that we have that have, you know, they, they yes. lose, they lose their grip and yes, man, that's just some powerful stuff. And so Jeff, I, I want to thank you as we wrap up for on um, coming on the show and chatting with me today. On Oh man, you, it's my honor, bro. And as I, as I share with the audience, you know, I, I promise to keep these, these calls around 30 minutes, these interviews around 30 minutes or so. Um, and so, man, you guys can look up Jeff on Facebook, on Jeff Johnson. I'll put all of his on social media contact information in the show notes. And um, you know, he also has a Facebook ministry page in his grip ministries where you guys can follow along with some of the, um, it's the ministry work that they're doing, you know, traveling around and, you know, he posts pictures from time to time when he's out at the different teen challenge centers and updates from when he's out ministering to folks. And so if you just need a source of inspiration and a source of hope, um, you definitely check Jeff's ministry out. And if the Lord leads you to get involved at all, uh, you know, don't hesitate to reach out to him as well. Um, and so, Jeff, I want to thank you again for coming on, man. Your testimony is inspiring. Um, you're definitely you know, evidence of, you know, what happens when somebody anchors their life to Christ. And so I really appreciate it, man. Yes. Amen. Bro, thank you so much for, for even considering uh, us, man. Uh, we, we've, we've loved you since we met you, Justin. And, you know, you, you, you may not be serving at Teen Challenge anymore, man, but you just can't seem to get away from, from helping folks. And, and I love that about you, man. I love that about you. Amen. I appreciate it. Well, to all you guys listening, thank you so much for tuning in. And I hope you were inspired once again uh, by this podcast. Um, man, we really appreciate your, your support and your follows. So please take a minute. If you enjoyed the episode, um, click subscribe. And as we're building this audience, it's really important for five-star reviews. Um, give us a review. Give us some feedback, especially on Apple Podcasts and some of the other bigger platforms so that we can continue to get this mess, message of hope out. Uh, you know, this isn't about building my name. It's about continuing to put the name of Jesus out there and bring hope to those that are struggling because we do believe and we do know that Jesus can transform a life. Hey, thank you guys so much and have a wonderful day.